In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, should proclaim to you a gospel contrary to what we have proclaimed to you, let that one be accursed. So today's reading from the letter of Paul to the Galatians, it's not a feel-good Bible verse that's quoted a lot for motivational speeches or for weddings. I will not be reading it at Hogop and Angie's wedding later today. And you won't see it cross-stitched on a pillow or on a t-shirt anytime soon. Yet the verse I began with in today's entire reading from the letter of Paul to the Galatians can be summarized in two short phrases, formulas, which are key to a life well lived. It's like this. Jesus plus anything is joy. But anything with a little Jesus equals sorrow. If Christ is first for us, sure add whatever you want. We have that freedom because Christ is first. However, if you start with something else, your success, your parents' approval, your ethnic pride, and try to fit Christ into that, you and I will find the formula for failure. The verse I began with gives a concise summary of the longer reading for today and this formula for happiness, so let me read it again. Paul says, but even if we or an angel from heaven should proclaim to you a gospel contrary to what we proclaim to you, let that one be accursed. The Apostle Paul is insisting that the gospel of Christ is once and forever the same. And it alone is sufficient to make us happy. And then Paul goes on to illustrate this in his own life, the key moments in his ministry and the life of the early church. He writes about that time when after he had already been preaching all around Europe, Eastern Europe, for 20 years about our risen Lord, he went up to Jerusalem to meet with the rest of the apostles and the center of our forming Christian church. And then, just like today, the church was facing division and discord over battles of which flavor of Christianity was correct. Paul's answer is that Jesus first, plus any flavor, is delicious. But any flavor of anything plus Jesus leads to trouble. Jesus plus Jewish culture is great, but Jewish culture with a little Jesus is not. Greek culture, excuse me, Jesus plus Greek culture is great, but Greek culture with a little Jesus is a problem. And of course, you know where I'm going. Jesus plus Armenian culture is great. Armenian culture with a little Jesus is a big problem. But this weekend, on the Feast of the Holy Translators, let us think about that. And we'll return to that. But it's 
a big problem that we all suffer from because this sin is so subtle. It's like the serpent, which reverses our priorities. It insists on making and serving our own gods rather than serve Almighty God. And it's not just ethnicity plus something that gets us in trouble. It's, as I mentioned before, it's anything plus Jesus. My success, my wealth, my affirmation before other people, my wanting to do a good job as a priest. Anything that we raise to be equal to God can become a false God. And one of the reasons this subtle switch is so easy to do and easy to miss is because Greekness and Armenianness and success and reputation are not bad things. They're good things, but even good things, and especially good things, when put in the place of God, become bad things, become corrupted. And I wonder if maybe that the world church over the centuries has spent way too much time trying to save us from the obvious sins and too little time trying to save us from all our good aims and our good gifts and our good deeds. Because we need saving from our good aims, gifts, and deeds because we can too easily be tricked into thinking that these goods are as good as it gets. We can too easily become self-satisfied instead of God-satisfied and hungry for God. We can too easily settle for an easy comfort instead of a harder one and lasting peace. I want to share with you words of a British preacher of the American Great Awakening. His name was Char uh, George excuse me, Whitfield. And he outlined this problem in one of his famous sermons in America in the 1800s in a very powerful way. He said this, Before you can seek peace in your own heart, you must not only be made sick of your original and actual sin, but you must be made sick of your righteousness, of all your good duties and performances. There must be a deep conviction before you can be brought out of your self-righteousness because that's the last idol that is taken out of our hearts. The pride of our heart will not let us submit to the righteousness of Jesus. And you may be saying to yourselves now, well, I believe all this. But remember, there's a great difference between talking and feeling and doing. Did you ever feel a deep need for your Redeemer? Did you ever feel the deep need of Jesus Christ when facing the deficiency of your own righteousness? And can you now say to yourself, from your heart, Lord, all of the good deeds and the best duties that I have performed are really nothing before you. If we're not brought out of ourselves in this way, we might seek peace for ourselves, but yet we will find no peace. But in conclusion, we can find peace in placing Christ first in practicing the discipline and retaining the conviction of so many of the great cloud of witnesses who have come before us through the ages. We can say on this weekend, where we celebrate the holy translators of the Armenian church, we can say with Yezni Gokhbatsi that there is no power on earth which can force us to change our faith because our covenant is not with man, but with the Almighty God. And we can echo one last time the words of St. Paul that even if an angel from heaven should proclaim to us a gospel which is contrary to what has been proclaimed, then let that one be accursed. For Jesus, 
plus anything at all equals great joy, whereas anything at all with a little Jesus is great sorrow now and always and unto the ages of ages.